Hello and welcome to the Sabbatarianism podcast. My name is Justin. I have Richard with me. Hello, Richard. Hello, Justin. Uh, Neil Saul is is still out. Um, we're hoping to have him back. He's he's recuperating, and we're praying for him. So we want to welcome you to the Sabbatarianism podcast. We want to encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Uh, no podcast or sermon or or anything else can ever replace that time alone with God in His Word. So please start there, uh, read the Bible all the way through, and and then come back to the Sabbatarianism podcast. And when you do, please start in the beginning of the podcast, uh, at least at episode three. Um, if you don't want to know more about Richard and I in episode one and, and all that, that's fine. But please start in at least episode three and get to know the history of the covenants, uh, the role of the lawgiver, the prophecy of the barren wife, Richard's three papers there. Uh, once, once you get to know those, it'll explain a lot that, that we mention as we go here. We, we can't re go over that ground each time uh, as, as we go along here. So when we last met Richard, we were on, or we left off with John 9, and so we're going to pick up with John 10. Are you going to read today, or you want me to read? Or? I'll start off reading. Okay. Well, anything else you want to add, feel free. If not, just go go right ahead. No, I um, I just I don't know how far we'll get here. There's a, this is a really important chapter right here that we're about to read. Well, everything from here on through chapter 17 especially is very important as far as the instruction. I think we'll just read now, and maybe by the time we get to chapter 12 or so, we'll stop and discuss what we're about to go through. Okay. Okay. John 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus uses used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me, all who ever came before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have more, have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. 
them I also must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Let's pause there. So this is directly speaking about the Zechariah 11 that we've spoke about in the past, right? The, yeah, yes, the it is. shepherd that, that was only raising sheep for the slaughter, and he says here, he runs when he when a wolf comes because he's scared for his own life and he doesn't care about the sheep. That's right. Or he's there for a hireling. It's for his yeah, own, for a hireling, his own exactly. motives. You can read the principle of a, a double lens into this from the beginning of the chapter here. Uh, the true shepherd doesn't come in deceitfully. He doesn't have to use trickery or deceive you or come in through the back door. He He's very honest, very straightforward. He comes in, and God's word is pure and simple. And uh, the other men who claim to be the Messiah or claim to be of the Messiah, and they have all kind of motives. Which For was, themselves, yes, mostly. that's right. And Paul was dealing with the same stuff here, um, mm. where where he's dealing with men that are that are trying to kind of usurp the name of the Messiah and utilize it for their own benefit, and he he calls them out as well. But uh, here, the Messiah is basically saying that that has already happened even before his time. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. And of course, the Book of Jude, as short as it is, is a very insightful and profound message on this very thing. Those men who put themselves where they don't belong and elevate themselves with a lack of humility and do more damage than they do good to people. Okay. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings, and many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? They've been making the same argument with each other this yeah. whole book. Yeah. <laughs> now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Messiah or the Christ, it says here, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe, because you're not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall, have, they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Let's just stop right there. There's all this stuff about the one God, mm -hmm. these arguments about yeah. the, uh, Christ is explaining what he means when he said God is one. We're one. Total unity. Of one mind, of one desire, of one... And one purpose, yeah. of one spirit. Right. We are all one. There's me and there's the Father, but we're one. Now, that's what it means. It's that simple. Don't need doctrinal papers and theology and arguments. That's what it means. And and the Father is 
and he says it here openly in, in other places, the father is superior. He, he's the of father. Course. Of course. Yes. But there's still one. Right. Right. And that's all we need to know. <laughs> Verse 31. Yeah. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my father. For which one of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe for the, the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. And he was quoting Psalm 82, verse 6. Yeah, and he called it written in your law. Yeah. But yet it was a psalm. Mm-hmm. Well, they That's call, interesting. They call all that the law. Basically, the yeah. law and the prophets and the history, all of it. Yeah. Poetry. Picking up verse 40. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. So he's actually kind of pleading with them here. You don't believe me, but at least believe in the works. Look yeah. at what I've done. Well, Who else could do this? Yeah. And, you know, I think that he knew that they, because they weren't his sheep, as he said back here mm-hmm. earlier, that they weren't going to, but he was just showing how nonsensical their approach was. Yeah, he seems to really go back and forth with them a lot, and I, mm-hmm. I've wondered to myself why that is. I don't think we're ever clearly told, but I wonder why... I I think it's more for the benefit of those around him than for these Pharisees and and scribes and such. And for our benefit. And for ours, right. Yeah. Chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, Lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day who does not stumble, stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that they said to him, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may... He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. 
However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. Let's pause here. I'm curious. I have a couple of things, but I'm curious right here in this last verse of what, what Thomas means there. Well, there's one of two things. Either die with, he thought they were going to be killed because the Jews were seeking mm-hmm. to stone him back in verse 8. And he was mean, mean, he was saying, let us go to die either with Lazarus or with Christ. Okay. And the way it's interpreted here, it's got a capital him, H on the him. And I think that's probably me, what it means. Yeah. They think that he, they're going to they, kill him. They're going to kill him, and we might as well go with him and die too. Yeah. Okay. Verse 17. So hang on just a sec. Go ahead. Um, in verse 1, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. Uh, nope, sorry. Verse 2. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. That to me says that John has read at least one of the other gospel accounts and is referencing that because he hasn't even told that story in his gospel yet. Yeah, but he was there. This was may have been the only mention he ever made of it. No, he talks about it in the next chapter. The fragrant oil? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He was just, aware of it. Yeah. I, I know he was aware of it, but mm-hmm. I I think the way he wrote this, it's almost as if he assumes that his readers are knowledgeable of that story as well before he even tells it in the following chapter. That may be. It was just interesting yeah. as I read it. Anyway, sorry, uh, verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days, speaking of Lazarus. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. That's obviously been taught. Yeah. She knew it. She was well aware of it. Yes. You know, she didn't say, I know that he will. He died and now he's in heaven with the father right now. That's not what she said. She said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, he went her way. she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, 
when they saw that Martha rose up quickly, went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who came with her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So what did he say? I, I'm I'm having a hard time following what he's saying to the Father here. Of I, I realize it's for the other people, but what is it that he's saying that is for the other people? Father, I thank you. Yes. He, well, what he says is— Just prayer at all? Yeah, he said, I, the reason I'm saying this is for their benefit. I know that you've already heard me. Uh, you know, I know that— he you spoke to him yeah. in the spirit. Yeah, and he said, I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me as a witness that he's speaking to the Father. And then Lazarus comes walking out. Okay. So it's for their benefit. In the same way, Jesus is groaning in the spirit and is weeping, actually wept because of the unbelief of these people. Mm-hmm. You get the I get the feeling at least that he knew the this family well. Yes. Well, it's it actually says that that he loved all three of them. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just feels like he he knows them well and and he cares about them a lot. He's been around them a lot. Yeah. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But some of them wept went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And why is that? They're, why would they take away their place and their nation? It's all about, well, because if people don't give in respect Irrelevance to them, then they they will be removed. I mean, mm. th- they only get their power from the Romans, and that's that's what I see here. Uh, it's all about who's the boss. 
Yeah. And potentially if, if he were to take over a role as a king, the Romans wouldn't like that because everyone's supposed to look to Caesar as the king and they yeah. might come in and start. And according to the Jews' uh, belief, the, the Messiah was to come and Conquering Con king. Yeah, as a conquering king on the yeah. earth at that time. Yeah. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. So it was actually a prophecy from God there, even though he was, didn't realize it. But it wouldn't happen right then. Yeah. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. And the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went from the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then they sought Jesus and spoke among themselves as they stood in the temple. What do you think, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a command that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it, that they might seize him. Seems like they've had that command out for a while. Even that, that guy they healed, his parents were afraid to even say anything about it because they knew the Pharisees wanted his hide. Yeah, and they, his disciples had warned him there yeah. in the previous chapter that yep. they were out to stone him or to kill him. Then six days before the Passover, chapter 12, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who had, who had betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always but me you do not have always. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest plotted to put Lazarus to death also, because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Because he was causing people to that death and, well... Regiving of life. I won't yeah. say resurrection, but he gave him life again. That was causing a lot of people to believe. So they were like, we got to get rid of all this. Yeah. We got to snuff it out. Yeah. Or we'll lose our power. The next day, a great multitude had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. 
took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found the young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing? Look, the world has gone after him. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came out to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and said to him, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of God should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Let's pause for a sec. Okay. Is he answering these Greeks that came to Philip? Is this his answer to them? No, because my hour has come, I'm not going to come and because they said that they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus just kind of launches in and says, No, the hour has come. The Son of Man should be glorified. So He's predicting his death there. Yeah. Yeah. But that's basically the answer is I don't have time to be meeting people. I'm, I'm on my I'm not mission sure. here. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. What uh, launched that, but he's just making a point here that He's got to die in order to produce fruit right? It is per- of his purpose. A piece of grain has to die so that it can go make, into the ground and make, make a new whole grain. new stock of grain. Yes. Yeah, standing head. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him. Of course, let me just break there. Mm-hmm. There again is a place where John is putting in something he came to understand right. late, later. Right. Yes. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while the light is with you. 
Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled when he spoke. Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's in Isaiah 6. Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn, that I should heal them. And of course, we've talked about the reason for that before. He had come to cut these particular people off. And they're serving a role. Yes, that's the reason he spoke to them in parables, so they wouldn't understand. And he would clarify it later to his disciples. But yet some did. I mean, it says right. here that some did sure. pick up on it and were blessed with the Spirit and all that. Those to whom God opened their understanding. Yeah. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Boom. That's a big statement. Yeah. And, and let us all learn from that. Right. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, and whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. But I did, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father was, has told me, so I speak. All right, pretty straightforward stuff there. Yeah. Before we get to chapter 13, I want to just make a brief comment about this. Uh, in the next 13, 14, 15, 16, John fleshes out things that are not gone over in detail in the other Gospels to the extent that it is here. And this part of John's message fits with the other letters of John, John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Okay. And in order to really understand what he's saying, they really need to be read all together because he clarifies some of what is being said here, like the commandments, the commandments we had from the beginning, he will say later in his letters, uh, from back when uh, Cain killed Abel. Because this becomes a matter of argument with people who have their own double motives that want to make an argument about God's commandments and what they are at any uh, point in time, like a different bunch of commandments here as at the other time. Mm -hmm. And 
It's just nonsense. God's laws are God's laws. God's commandments are God's commandments. They always have a value for understanding and to modify and to give us a standard of behavior. So Jesus hasn't even really been in the grave for 50 years, and already the infiltration is fully underway. That's right. They're, they're trying to pollute the gospel any way they can, they being darkness, evil, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're working through human beings, and they're they're using them to pollute the gospel just as what you're saying here that, that John is fighting. Yes. And, and Paul fought and Peter fought and Yeah. Yeah. And here in this context in the next few chapters, John was right there and he heard the words of Christ and there was no misunderstanding about what Christ meant. But he has to later on clarify this in his other letters. Let me back up also and say I spoke wrong just a second ago, Jesus being in the grave. Jesus has been raised for 50 years. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, I was deep in my thought well, was trying to get it out. It, yeah, within it, it's, that time yeah, after 50, he was put in the grave. 50, 60 years after he was put in the grave. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So i just make that point when we go through No, I here. appreciate that. Uh, it's very helpful whenever anybody reads these words of Christ because Christ here begins to, at the time of this Passover that he takes, he begins to give them new instruction, a new commandment. And John will say, it's, it, it's a new commandment, but it's not really. It's we the had the original commandment. commandment. Yeah, we had commandment we heard from the beginning. Uh, we are still applicable, but there is a new commandment that we love one another because now the love of God through the Holy Spirit is added to the equation. So there is something new as a foundation of that behavior, which has always been defining right and wrong. So he clarifies that later on in his other letters, but it helps to understand what's being said here if you we if one then reads those letters in you know in the context of what's being said in chapters 13 14 15 16 okay it's just like he's going back to say yeah we had this from the mouth of Christ but it's the same thing that was always there right and wrong it's been right and wrong since the garden of eden yeah john spends a, a a large part of his gospel just on this end part here. Yeah. Right here at this time period. Right. And Jesus, these instructions directly to Jesus Christ was him saying, look, guys, there's a new foundation. The Holy Spirit's going to come to you. And there's a new foundation of faith and a foundation of behavior. And how you see one another, how you see me, the Holy Spirit will be in me and in the Father and in you, and it's it's something that flows, and it's supposed to flow between us and between you. These these instructions were not in, in the Sinai covenant. No, but they were prophesied by Ezekiel in thirty six yeah. and yes. other places. <laughs> this yeah. is what that prophecy is about. This is what they're talking about, right? Yeah. yeah, there's something new here because. There's something added. The tree of life is now brought back into the world. The Holy Spirit that had been taken away back in the garden when they glorified the wrong thing and themselves. The heart of stone has now been replaced yeah. or is, will be yeah. and after as, his resurrection. As we go through these, this book and as we've gone through the, the, uh, the Gospels, 
that double mind is a heart of stone. Selfishness, empowerment of oneself. Uh, Power. En enriching oneself. Yeah. It, it, your motive is about yourself instead of about humility and loving God and loving others. So he's about to give them basic instructions in these coming chapters here about how it works or should work differently. And it's not that it wasn't there for those who had accepted it before, but it wasn't part of the former covenant because of what they did back at the mountain. Okay. Chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil already being put into the heart of Judas, having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. <laughs> Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you're clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So there again, John kind of figuring out what was going on here and yeah. putting it down here in his gospel. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know that I what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. That's speaking again of the oneness of God, of Christ and the Father. Well, and that those who will be elevated are the servants, not the people demanding to be in power and, and all that. Yeah. That's what he, you want to be the servant. That's that principle is always there. You go into anything, go and sit in the lowest seat. God will put you where you belong. You don't need to try to elevate yourself in any way. And to do so, put your own double-mindedness into it. Yep. 
When Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he spoke. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter therefore motioned for him to ask who it was of whom he spoke. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Of course, John here is speaking of himself. himself yes. yep. The one who Jesus, whom Jesus loved. Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he said this to him. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, Buy those things we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. Having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately, and it was night. Satan entered him. him. Yes. That's so when daunting. He, so when he had gone out, speaking of Judas Iscariot, mm-hmm. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Agape. Yeah, this you kind of love. Special yeah. love, godly love. And this is what Paul, later in his letter said, calls the cross of Christ. The to sign. love one another. That's right. That you lay down your life for one another as I have laid down my life for you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. That's it. It's not two sticks nailed together or a pole or anything that Jesus was hung on. Cross means to bear that burden. The burden, yeah. To take that burden upon yourself. To be able to give up your life for others. Willingly. Yeah, the way that Christ gave his life for you. Mm-hmm. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Jesus answered him, Will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, The rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, with that said, this exchange afterwards, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, but it should be noted, I'm in no way disparaging Peter, but he doesn't have the spirit yet. That's the right. The spirit has not, he may have the spirit upon him, but not in him. Yes, And right. it has not been granted yet. It just shows there are other places, like in Matthew 19, when Christ said, I'm saying something now you can't understand. But the time will come when you will. And and John's book is full of those yes, examples of that, where he yes. didn't get it at the time, and now he does, and he's sharing it with you, the reader. Yeah. Um, 
Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's the word it's interpreted. Offices, offices, abodes, abodes, dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now the question is, where's Father's house? Yeah. It's in the temple above. It's in It's in the New Jerusalem. That's right. In, and it it should be noted here that it was customary back then that uh when a man would be uh, engaged engaged to a woman that he would go to his father's house and prepare a place. place for them yes. to abode to to live to together. Live. Yes. Verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Just like a bride to her husband. That's right. And where I go, you know, the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, period. I'm the mediator. I'm the way. I'm the leader. And and just like in the book of Revelation, they follow him wherever he goes. That's, that's there, right. There again, that's the same type of language he's using here. And he does not say there's a bunch of different ways and different gods and different philosophies that all end up at the same place. No, he says anyone who go to the goes to that eternal destiny, has to enter through this door, not some other. Right. And it's not, I'll lead for a while, then you lead for a while, and I'll follow. And No. 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 He is the leader. Verse seven. 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father. And it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Peter? Philip. Philip, okay. That's, my eyesight fails me. That's why I'm going to have to have new ones put in. Yeah, he's, Richard's having a little <laughs> bit of trouble with his glasses and eyes, so bear with us. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works which I will do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or it, nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let me me read that real quick. Okay. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees it, meaning the world neither sees the spirit nor knows it, but you know it, 
for it dwells with you and will be in you. Forever, yeah. Right? In you. This isn't a, a hymn or something like that. This is speaking about the Spirit each time. That's right. And, of course, you know, people go into doctrinal matters yep. about that. I don't want to take the time to do that. You can study into that. But that word it is a neuter word. It does not doesn't mean it's a, a different being. It's a spirit, just like it says, the spirit of truth. And he will give you another helper. What was Eve to Adam? A helper. Yeah. So it's almost as if that marriage language is continuing on here with the people, the apostles, and the, and those after them, disciples, would, would almost be married to the Spirit. The Spirit would be in them. They would be one. Well, it is the Spirit that binds you, yeah. that flows through you. Right. The throat flows. He will elaborate on this here. The indwelling of the Father and the Son in you by the Spirit. That's it. Where 18. am I now? I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father and me, you and me, and I in you. There it is. That's a better way to describe it. It yeah. binds us together. It's that spirit that makes us one. All of us. With him, yeah. In one spirit. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. There you go. And my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, it will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I, that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said I am going to the Father. For my Father is greater than I. And I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gives me commandment, so I do. Arise, let us go from here. Now, it's hate- always a very somber somber time when reading this part and it reminds me of the passover well this is the time of the passover yeah Yeah. and i hate to break off here but this is going to take more than one hour so i guess this is a good uh, of uh yeah well breaking point is any okay all right well uh we'll be back next time and pick up in chapter 15 we thank you for listening and talk to you then bye-bye